five, four, three, two, one. Do it. What is up, everybody? You're tuned into another episode of Styles and Driss. And I all just thought I was about to watch Turnstile's dog hump a pillow. Oh yeah, yeah. Her boyfriend. She uh, she goes ahead and she slams that joint out there and yeah. goes to town. She basically set it up. Right now, she's looking for the condoms. Yep. Yeah, but she has them all laid out. Yeah. We're gonna. She's up oh, there. You go. Yep. Four, here we go. There's the foreplay right now. Yep. And she's and going. Go ahead. Yeah, my dog uh, is a hoe. I'm sorry, folks. Oh, so that's the only action that I get nowadays. <laughs> watching, watching, watching dogs get their get their shit on. <laughs> watching my precocious mini Australian Shepherd, <laughs> who's spayed. So yeah, she's she got no worries. She's like, yo, I'm doing this strictly for fun. <laughs> <laughs> my dog's a trick. A, I love her. She's a free spirit. Mm-hmm. I know a lot of those women. Yep, <laughs> the free spirited. She's going to get an apartment over in Uptown, teach yoga three days a week. Teach yoga and fuck everyone's brains out. Yep. She's going to uh, ordain herself in patchouli (laughs) and be of a a nice musk smell. She's like, she was literally humping that that body pillow and and choking it out at the same time. (laughs) Yeah, I know. Yeah, my my dog does jujitsu too, so she's... (laughs) She's doing some aggressive snuggling right she's now. Like, she's like, I like you, fuck you, I like you, fuck you. <laughs> she's like, hey, give it up right now. Like, yeah, and, and then she just, it, it's kind of funny when she hits that body pose too. She looks like a kangaroo. Because she, <laughs> yeah, she her, her haunches are like way up and then like her shoulder blades are like way down. So she kind of looks like, uh, she reminds me of the uh, the Ruse um, emblem from Ruse sneakers mm-hmm. from back in the day. Yeah. yeah so yeah, there she is. Just going to town. I was going to say, maybe I should just get a picture of this, and then that'll be our, our cover. You know, you should. You should. Fucking, you should, actually. For the podcast here. Wait. Oh, she's... Hey, Luna, go back. Luna, go back. Go back. Luna, go back and hump. Go get it. Luna. Luna. Go get that pillow. There you go. Nope, not that one. No, you're bringing me the... Okay, you're bringing me the mug. Nope. The the crunchy mug. Okay, nope. Nope. Luna. There you oh. go. Yeah. Get it. Do what the good Lord intended. Go get it. Yep, okay, here we go. Yep, and... Commence. Commence. Boom. 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 <laughs> Boom. We're a bunch of sick fucks here. <laughs> like, taking a photo of your dog fucking a pillow. It's just sick fucks. Well, technically, she's not, she's not fucking the pillow. She's just suggestively grinding on said pillow. Yeah. So... And she's doing it again. She's an animal. You know, bless her heart. So, anyway, so welcome to another episode of Styles and Driss. Uh, this is a lovely tangent. <laughs> Good night, everybody. We're it done. Was, it was amazing. <clears throat> but happy Sunday. Happy Sunday. Glad to be back uh, in your ear. Mm-hmm. You know, on this very... Did I release it on Monday? I think so, yes. Okay. So, yeah. t- glad to be back in your ear. Mm-hmm. Uh, on this soon-to-be lovely Monday, mm-hmm. um, what has happened during the week? Well, um, congratulations to our winner of our little oh, contest, yeah. uh, super fan Stevie, <laughs> because yeah. apparently he's like, like in like the top one percent of our listeners. <laughs> Because he was just like, oh, yeah, I'm totally getting into the Flow he's, State show for free. He's that number one right there. Yeah. So <laughs> basically, I, I think that 
Stevie's like the only person who listens, except for like periodically if like we have like a special guest. Yeah. And someone goes, "Oh, hey, that's Knox Xander. I know him. Let's take a listen." And they're like, "What the <laughs> fuck is this horse shit? Like, this is like the uh, dumbest fucking podcast I've ever heard in my life." And then, as he puts witch hazel in his ass, yeah, <laughs> he puts witch hazel in his ass. <laughs> Shout out to Knox Xander and uh, using witch hazel products upon. Uh, keeping himself nice and clean and sanitary so i can't <laughs> knock him for that at all hey man that's good hygiene is great hygiene i know man and cleanliness is next to godliness as they say <laughs> so but yeah so uh so congratulations to stevie for um being our first to respond mm-hmm. and everything I, I think partially too it's because we got like a lot of listeners who do listen to the show but then don't really maybe they're not subscribed or they're not um following us on instagram yeah so we need to up that ante we need people to start following us on instagram like and share and pass on the information and then that way we can get it out and go viral and then hopefully one day we can become canceled yeah i have to ask chat gpt how to how to what the algorithm is today yeah (laughs) so they can tell me exactly what it is i'm going to follow it and if it doesn't work then I'm going to go back on chat GPT and say, I'm going to fuck you up. And, uh, and then it says, uh, you're not supposed to say that because that's threatening. Yeah. And right now I am calling the CIA on you. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, so, uh, so yeah, so Stevie, he was our, our grand winner. Um, we actually just went to Top Golf with him. Mm-hmm. Um, him and his little one. His, his little one, uh, Lily. Shout out to Lily because she's apparently just like her daddy and she's just like oh yeah i'm just gonna play a little bit of golf and then like and just fucking launch that shit yeah and i'm like yeah this just shows that not only is this genetic but also that turnstile really sucks at golf i mean like a lot well i was right behind you on that one i, was, I mean i was not too far away from you today the only time i'm ever good is when i'm fucking around so oh, oh. it's like if i look away if i slap myself in the face if i speaking in an accent then surprisingly i'm like good i think it's just because i'm like relaxing i think you should just speak in a scottish accent from now on this time we play so that way definitely fully ingrained into you since that's where golf came from the, scotland the elusive game of golf <laughs> my name is Turnstoyle. Yeah, is a Turnstoyle. I play in St. Andrews. St. Andrews. <laughs> you fancy playing a fucking game then? <laughs> you stupid fucking bastard. No, I, um, because it was your first time meeting Lily. Yeah. And I, I was telling Turnstoyle while we were at Top Golf, I was like, yeah, we went to this golf course called Dwan, which is located in Bloomington. One of my favorite courses in the cities because doesn't have a driving range or anything like that, but it has a nice, like a nice putting green and putting chipping green. And it's just very well maintained for it being in the inner city. Anyways, uh, there was just this one random Thursday. It was me, Steve, and Lily. Mm-hmm. And um, Steve and Lily ended up driving in a cart. You know, keep in mind, I think she's like, I want to say she's five now, five or six. She going to school? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. So I think she's five or six years old. Okay. Um, but you know, obviously Steve being a golf coach, mentor, teacher, the, the whole nine, of course, you know, his daughter's going to learn how to play this game. So here we are. I think it's hole number, uh, five. It's a par five and, you know, (laughs) (laughs) thanks Uh, Luna. Yeah. (laughs) She's like, yeah. She's like, yeah, it was a five. five. (laughs) One squeak for five, two for no. 
the ball ends up getting like, you know, ends up getting on the green and it's like 15, 20 feet away from like the hole that you're supposed to hit the white ball in. And, you know, typically Steve likes to record a lot. Like he records a lot of shots, especially his daughters. Right. And this is one time, you know, she was, she was just kind of like, Oh, whatever. Takes her little mini putter and goes up to the ball and just spanks it. And literally, hits that thing in the heart of the hole that's like 15 <laughs> 20 feet away steve is like dabbling on his phone he looks up as he sees the ball going towards the hole and he just puts his hand and he puts his face in his palm he's like i can't believe i didn't record that and while he's saying that i'm freaking out i'm like oh shit yeah <laughs> like yo your daughter just fucking she just smoked us on this hole yeah like i i there is no chance i could do that at that moment you know i was like yeah fuck and she just casually walks up hits the damn thing and that's honestly a pretty good damn lesson if you think about it because so many people they put so much thought right into into a number of things that they do whether it be dance djing golf producing whatever Mm -hmm. and honestly that's okay because there needs to be some sort of thought put into it so that way you can execute you can have direction right but once you have the direction i think what happens now is now you have to counter it by not thinking anymore Mm -hmm. and just doing what you do yep just going up and hitting the fucking ball. Yeah. And I think that's the way we should approach a lot of things in life mm-hmm. is like, you know, sometimes you got to not worry about the script. If you're going to make a call, don't worry about the script. Just make the fucking call. Yeah. You know, and, and go with it. Right. And whatever happens, happens one way or another. A lesson is learned that moment. Either a victory is won or a lesson is learned. Mm-hmm. Well, that's the... That's the thing I always talk about with Rodney Mullen, putting the uh, the, the metaphor of the tablecloth over it, right? It's like once you've kind of mastered all the, the micro steps, like you've broken everything down into the drills, now it's about like don't think about any of that stuff, just do it. Mm-hmm. And at that point now, you've got everything so ingrained that you are able to kind of like see and experience it from a different perspective now because you're no longer thinking about like, your shoulder alignment, how you're doing this, how you're doing that and stuff. It's like your, your body just naturally is supposed to be where it's supposed to be or your mind or, you know, if you're, you know, uh, playing like, for instance, like house music, there's a point where it's like you just instinctively will just catch yourself like toe tapping. You're no longer counting. You're just you're just doing it. Mm-hmm. And you know, maybe you're bobbing your head or you're moving to the beat and then you realize that your body becomes that metronome rather than you going like, one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, two, two, three, four, five, six. You know, it's like you just are just instinctively just tapping. And then all of a sudden you go, oh, okay, here's a good part where I can transition over to the next song. Right. And now it becomes second nature. And then you just, you build from there. Now, now this is like the fun part because now that you've gotten all the basics, you can start to become creative with stuff. Right. And you get to the point now where it's like, you know, you watch how Steve, when he, uh, case in point, He'd be like, all right, I'm going to try to like go left, but I'm going to make sure that it's going to curve over back to the right, you know, in order to like avoid some obstacle or something. Mm-hmm. And, you know, to be able to even have that level of confidence that you are going to do that, I mean, that that means that you're, you know, really, really like... You know what you're doing. Yeah, you're firmly rooted in the basics. And now you at, you're at the point now where you can at will say, how can I make this bowling ball, you know, curve almost to the edge of the gutter and then like slingshot back you know and knock down like everything or do a 710 split or there has to be a balance right right 
<clears throat> every Tuesday night, I go to Steve's work called Golf Tech, and we usually play. It's like me and a couple of other golf buddies, and we usually play like 18 holes virtually. And this past Tuesday, he was simply saying, you know, and he's everyone's teacher there, right? Everyone's coach. And he was like, all right, here's what I want you guys to do. When you make before every shot, look at the yardage, call the call the number of the club that you're about to hit, and tell me what shape you're about to make when you hit the shot. What shape shot are you about to take? You're going to hit a draw. You're going to hit a fade. You're going to hit a low cut. You're going to just hit it straight. What are you going to do? And then go there and fucking hit it. Mm-hmm. He's like, you have one second to tell me. Ex- you have two seconds to tell me exactly what you're about to do. He's like, I don't want you to spend too much time talking or thinking about it. Tell me what you're going to do and go hit it. Mm-hmm. Because what happens? You call it, you know, there's your direction. Right. And then you go into this thing called flow state, mm-hmm. which is now you're like, all right, well, I'm going to go do it. All right. And I think, again, once again, I think that's how a lot of things should be approached. Now, is now I'm not perfect. You're not perfect, right? So we have to constantly remind ourselves to, to approach things in life like that. Mm-hmm. Find, call it, and then go do it. Yeah. Right? Well, you, you get this a lot in, um, uh, and I always go back to this, so I apologize, audience, because there'll be people that'll listen to this and go, I thought this is a house dancing podcast, but we fucking talk about no, everything. It, it, but, <laughs> let's let's call it right here, right now. Yeah. And you and I have talked about this. I just don't know if we've said it on air. Mm-hmm. This is no longer just a house dance, house music podcast. All right. Yeah. This is just a music and dance podcast in general. Now, we obviously have different backgrounds Mm -hmm. because we're that fucking interesting. (laughs) (laughs) We we do have different backgrounds, which we bring it back into the genre of dance in house. Yeah. Or of of dance and music. Mm -hmm. So, did we start as a house dance and house music podcast? Yes, we did. But we realized that it's bigger than that. Yeah. So. And and also. And, and this is like kind of where I was getting into with my point that I was going to make too, is that typically you listen to a lot of dance centric podcasts where it's like, what's your name? What's your crew? How long have you been dancing? Tell me about dance. Da, 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 da. Okay, great. And then it's just like, and now that person is out and then the next person comes in and you'll find that sometimes you lose so much more um, of the the interesting factors of what makes us who we are because we're not just dancers you know we're not just you know beat makers or djs or you know doing whatever respective style it's like we have other avenues to us some of us are professional chefs you know some of us mm-hmm. teach you know seventh graders for a living you know some of us are you know, skydiving instructors. We, we all have something else to us aside from just the fact that we can house dance or break or what have you. And like, um, so like when I, when I draw a lot of my personal experience from martial arts, um, I think that people find parallels because when I explain it to people, they, they go, well, I've never trained in martial arts, so I don't think I could possibly relate. And I'm like, bullshit. And I, I tell them, I'm like, you are a person who specializes in movement. That's what martial artists are, too. And sadly, most martial artists are like 95 to 98% dancer anyway. Because 
combat is no longer um, required as um, a stipulation for survival because, you know, we have laws, we have, you know, countries and places that we live in now where you do not have to protect your property and your friends and your family with physicality, like right off the bat. Whereas, you know, back in the day, it made sense in, you know, 1400s China, because what were you going to do? You weren't going to just, you know, get on your phone and call the cops or record a person or threaten to cancel them. It was like, no, that motherfucker's there with a sword. So you're going to have to deal with that right now. But like, um, so what I was getting to at this point, sorry, I was kind of digressing is that when I talk to people and they say, oh, I can't relate to that because you do, you know, Kung Fu and I do breaking. And I'm like, we're both in the same boat. It's just that my boat might have a level of additional insight that can be utilized for, say, something like self-defense, but you are a master of your own um, body and physics and understanding um, things without even having to have, like, like you don't have to have gone to school and studied physics to just instinctively know because you've thrown yourself on the ground so many times how you're supposed to angle your body, how you're supposed to feel with everything, how you feel momentum, inertia, um, centrifugal or centrifugal uh, force. Like all these different things kind of come into play. And then finally some teacher one day just tells you, oh, here, we'll show you how we figured that out and we gave a name to it, but you just instinctively know it from doing head spins, right? And um, so all that to say that like a good drill that Stevie was bringing out in that is sometimes calling a move will help you to get past just like kind of popping the clutch and like hoping for the best. Now, now you're getting to a place where you can do something at will. And that's another big step in how, uh, especially competitive dancers, how they win competitions is not because they just say, well, you know, I just, I'm going to go out there and just try my best and hope that I, they just go like, no, I'm going to fucking win. And you're going like, well, how do you, what happens if you battle against, you know, hero or something? It's like, well, this is what I'm going to do. You know, they kind of have already like an an idea. And then they say, so I just hope that I can catch this one track because if I can get something that's very technical, I'm going to do a lot of like, you know, foot techs or something. If it's something very like draggy and vibey and stuff, I will do a lot of ground techs and like lofting and, you know, things like that. If it's something with like really good accents, I'll hit accents. And the only way that you ever do that is by consciously calling that out so like if you're going to for instance like when we train um sometimes like we'll even play the game where you know ozzy might have a track that he puts on and it's just like all right everybody we're, we're all going to try to like find like an, an accent or let's all da- dance to the hi-hat of this mm-hmm. track or oh let's uh let's do everything but um but do anything like like don't do anything that's like connected to the kick drum at all Like everything is going to be on the ups or something. And it's amazing because then it changes your perspective and you, it's not necessarily like you are moving differently, but you're thinking differently, which in turn allows you to have like better access to your movement now. And you're able to say, oh, wow, I I never realized that I could do this kind of stuff with my footwork. And it was just simply because like what Stevie also points out too, is that it's because you're not speaking it into manifestation you're not creating a point Mm -hmm. and then saying okay now i'm not just letting the arrow go and hoping that i hit 
the entire target, I'm actually aiming for the bullseye. This is what I want to do. I want to hit the center, mm-hmm. like dead on. So <clears throat> now, this is what this. So disclaimer, you know, it's another level of thinking, right? Mm-hmm. So obviously, when you go into that level of thinking, you re- you. You pretty much want to have your basics down, mm-hmm. your basic foundation down. Right. You can't just be a noob in dance or in golf and say, I'm going to hit a high draw or I'm about to do some fucking windmills. If you don't even know the basics of how to drop into one or how to how to kick into yeah. a windmill, you know, or even how the, the feeling of that. Right. Let alone because, I mean, can you imagine like someone that like a month into breaking, they try a windmill for the first time. That's going to be light. That's going to be shocking to their body. Well, but that's that's the that's the thing you know the the chads that we run into at the club, right? <laughs> Where they see a bunch of people in a circle and they don't really understand what's going on, so they just go, "Oh, hey, I'm drunk, so I want to dance too," mm-hmm. and they try to bust a backflip, and then they end up bashing their fucking knee, right? Or, you know, or something like that. It's because it, they they just they they don't have like the only thing that they have right now is courage. Yeah, they have liquid courage, you know, but. Typically, t- people will tell you it's kind of like uh, like Million Dollar Baby. You know, tough ain't enough. Mm-hmm. You know, you have to have awareness yeah. of what you're doing and, like, learn the sweet science in order to be able to, like, provide that knockout. You got to have the brains. Yeah. <laughs> for it. So, now, can you use this level of thinking towards getting foundation and basics? Absolutely, 100%. Right? But there is a step-by-step process. Right. Now, once you go through the step-by-step process, then say, okay, perfect. Now I'm going to go a little faster. It's the same thing. It's honestly the same thing. It's just that now the intention is deeper as you progress into the move. Rather than saying, okay, I'm going to put my foot here, put my foot there, and now I have a pot of beret. Mm-hmm. Now you're going to say, now as you progress, the level of thinking now is, okay, I'm going to pick five tracks into the pot of beret to each track. Yep. Now, I know what some dancers are probably thinking. They're like, dude, you're like a European. You train like a European. Absolutely. Mm-hmm. I train like a fucking hybrid. Yep. I'm a hybrid of a European and an American mm-hmm. because why not have the best of both worlds? Right. You <clears throat> know? <clears throat> I, that was a comment that my Lee gave me when I first brought her out here to Minnesota. Mm-hmm. I was telling her, like, how I practice. She's like, you're like a European. You train like a European. You know? I was like, 100%. Mm-hmm. Because... If I want to get sharp at this, then I have to. Right. And if if I want to, you know, if I want to perform in this, create choreography, I have to be sharp. Teach it. I have mm-hmm. to be sharp. Otherwise, it's like I'm just going to be teaching everyone, you know, how to feel. Stuff right. And butterflies and, you know, holding hands and shit, <laughs> which <Yeah>. is fine. <laughs> but that's not my style of teaching. It's, you know, again, I come from a b-boy background. Right. Where, like... You train, mm-hmm. you fucking train like a fighter, <laughs> right? And and this this is something that I think that not enough people people hear it all the time, but they don't truly understand and appreciate it the way that um that I might point this out. But you cannot have yin without yang, mm-hmm. right? One cannot exist without the other because if it did, then it would actually be the harmonious whole anyway. Um, but what you, what I'm, what I mean by this is that for instance, like there's those people that are really super abstract that are like, Oh bro, you just got to feel, you just got to feel everything. But it makes it very, very difficult for people who maybe don't have a point of reference Mm -hmm. and you're trying to tell them like, okay, this is a club dance. You need to feel the vibe. You need to feel groovy and all this other great shit. And this person's like going like, okay, I'm 14 years old. 
I've never been to a club before. I've only ever gone to studios. So <laughs> how am I supposed to feel yeah. this elusive vibe that you're talking about? And also, you, simultaneously, it's like a slap in my face because you're making me feel as if like, oh, well, you know what your problem is? Is that you were just dealt shit cards because you were born, you know, 20 years too late. You fucking missed it. So I guess, you know, tough tacos, Rocco's. Mm-hmm. And, um, but then, then there's the other side of it, which is that you have other dancers that are very like militaristic in everything that they do. And of course, that's why you'll see like choreographers are a good example where you'll watch like these classes and they're amazing how they can all move, um, in in unison with each other i mean it's great and then you push that person into a cypher and they freeze Mm -hmm. like they're about to get hit by a fucking truck yeah and i'm going like you know how to do all this stuff Mm -hmm. you know it's like cutty edgy yeah type of movement like Like, you'll watch them like it's almost like they they turn the channel mm -hmm. and it's like okay i'm doing pot of beret and then i'm gonna switch to loose legs then Mm -hmm. i'm gonna switch to a jack then i'm gonna switch to skate then i'm gonna switch to a uh, tic tac toe, yeah, like you know. They're they're picking, they're nitpicking rather than just going into a flow state and listening to the music. Yeah, just moving. And 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 this is like when I say about the importance of yin and yang is that, like what you were saying, you you know you already realized that it's important to be a hybrid because that's uh, if you if you go by like Chinese philosophy, um, yin and yang come together and they make the supreme ultimate, the tai chi, right? Mm-hmm. And that is supposed to be where everything is connected and flowing in one uniform way. Otherwise, if, if things weren't in harmony, the human body would deteriorate instantly, right? Our cells are, you know, um, everything that we have as a human being comes together to make us what we are. And if something is out of harmony, then organs start to fail. Our blood doesn't flow the right way. We start to degenerate. Eventually we die. You know, our skin can rot and fall off of our bodies, you know, all these things. But if you bring yourself back into balance, then everything will be strong and it'll be complete. And I think that I agree with you a thousand percent that it's like, it's really important to have perspective and an idea of how you want to train based excuse me, based on your goals. Um, And then also, because then you can say, well, now I know how to dance from the heart already. That's not my problem. My problem is I've got really bad stamina or I favor my right side over my left side. So maybe I need to like drill my weaknesses so that way they can become strengths and assets. Mm -hmm. And then that way, when you go out to, you know, you go out to like uh, house dance forever and you catch, like the toughest of tough songs, not because it's like rhythmically, rhythmically complex, but it's, let's just say it's like a really flowy kind of a house hell track, right? Where you're just like, fuck, it's like this continuous drop. Mm. And it's a, it's one of those, like those, uh, side by side, uh, showcase prelims where you're not even like battling. You're just going out there and you've got X amount of time to just throw some shit. That's going to impress the judges there's some people that will just go, fuck, man, there's nothing here. I'll, I guess I'll just kind of just jack and swirl and do this and that. And then you got somebody else that goes, oh, I guess I'm just going to be in loft land right now. So they're doing all kinds of just abstract floor movements and expressing and feeling and flowing and vibing and stuff. And they're just like, all right, cool, you go. You get to advance. Mm-hmm. You know, so we we have to keep all of those things um in in balance and in harmony and um i think that sometimes 
as dancers and performers and artists and things like that, we, we run into a lot of pitfalls. Like, um, uh, a good example of it is when you got like your now not, not gas lighting. So when I say this, a lot of people try to correct me and I have to tell them to shut the fuck up cause they don't know the difference. But in hood speak, your homies would gas you up, right? That's not the same as gas lighting. Gassing your homies up was when someone would try to like hype you about something that you did, right? Like, oh man, that was incredible. Whatever it was that you did, man, and you know, it's just like, yo, you're just gassing me up right now. So just, I just wanted to give that pre pre warning because I get people that'll step to me when I say gassing, and then they think that I'm th- saying gaslighting. I'm like, no. But anyway, um, you'll get people that'll hype you because they're your friend and because they're cool with you and they want to pat you on the back and make you feel like you you did something or you achieved something but there's another side of you that you have to have which is realistic which says okay there's a certain bias that my friends have because I'm their friend and maybe what I did was impressive to them but maybe I also know that they haven't gotten out very much so this is just if I'm in a room full of a thousand house dancers, they're like, yeah, what you did was nothing different or special or spontaneous. But to somebody that maybe you went to high school with, they're going to like, Oh my fucking God, I've never seen that before. Right. Cause they just don't know that side of you and they've never seen it. Mm-hmm. Um, so we have to be balanced within ourselves to know not only when other people are gassing us up, but also when we gas ourselves up, when we say, well, I don't have to train this because I'm already good at that. And but you have to pick it apart. You have to stop and go like, okay, yeah, I might already be good at that, but I noticed that if I try to do uh, a scribble foot on beat for a really long time, I can't do it. I can do it for a couple of like bars or a couple of like parts and measures in a song, but I can't do this accurately and indefinitely for a three to five minute track. So maybe I need to practice that. And, you know, and really drill until I can get to a point where now, like, like you were saying, you call your shot, you say, all right, in this particular moment, I'm going to do this for like an eight count. And I can do this for an eight count because I know how to just turn that switch on. And then that's going to, you know, impress the judges or it's going to dispirit the person that I'm battling, or maybe it might even hype the person that I'm battling, you know, whatever the, the evoked uh, energy is that you want you're going to be able to do this at will. And that's a very important aspect and characteristic to have as a dancer or a performer or, you know, musician or what have you. So, well, I think that, um, you know, dance isn't just about evolving. It's also about maintaining. Yep. So you honestly don't master shit in this fucking dance. You don't master shit at all. You're just very good at it. There's a bunch of dirty white belts. Yeah, you're you're just very good at it, and you're very good at the technique, and that's it. But yep. You don't master anything. Right. There's no such thing, in my personal opinion. There's no such thing. Now, granted, it's kind of funny because it, society makes it a little hypocritical because there's things called master classes, mm-hmm. which you know you don't really have to you don't really have control over that when the people are paying you. They're the ones that call it a master class. Right. Like I quote unquote taught a master class last month uh four of them four master classes last month to two universities yeah they were not master class yeah <laughs> it was it was like here's a beginner's it's yeah. a beginner's class you know nothing i i did i throw some in what i felt was advanced sure mm-hmm. but advanced to me today is all music based right 
it's no longer about the movement. It's about the music now. Mm-hmm. Now, understanding the music, understanding the patterns, understanding why a DJ or why the producer did what they did with this track, mm-hmm. and then eventually moving to it and being in sync with it. Mm-hmm. Like, on Friday, that's what my training was about on yeah. Friday, where, man, you, you and Ty saw it. Like, I was just understanding, like, the different patterns in the music and everything. Like my movement was just like there. Yeah. I wasn't thinking about it anymore. Right. You know, but, but now I was like, okay, when is it going to drop mm-hmm. or what's going to happen here? Like this is essentially training for some real life shit. Right. <laughs> you know, cause in a battle, you don't know, <laughs> or in, in a bat, and it's more so about the battle. Mm-hmm. Like I train, the way I train is as if I'm training for a fucking battle. Mm-hmm. You don't train for ciphers. No, you don't. <laughs> you, you train for battles. Right. When people train, when people tell me that I'm training for this cipher. Why? It's a cipher. Right. Like, what the fuck are you going and to... And this is and this is just my personal opinion. I think cipher battles are a joke. Mm-hmm. I'm like, it's a fucking cipher. If you're going to do a battle, just do like a bracket style 101. Well, there's no time. Well, make time. You're in charge here. Right. Like, you know, cipher battles to me don't make any damn sense. Right. And I... and. It's hypocritical on my end too because I've thrown them. Yeah, I've thrown secret ciphers before, mm-hmm. and I and I cringe every time I did. I'm like, oh, fucking, you know. But it's like it's a secret cipher, so there was some point to it, mm-hmm. you know, rather than having a secret battle. But anyways, um, the way I train is for battles. You know, I, I train myself to put. I put myself mentally in like weird positions where I'm like, okay, well this part of the track really fucking sucks. Yeah. So what am I going to do right at this moment? And, um, and when you're in the heat of the moment, you know, the natural thing for a lot of dancers to do is to panic Yeah, and to move very, very fast. Right. So on Friday, I was kind of trying to train myself to move as to be calm and mm-hmm. move as slow as possible. Right. Just so I can really like to show I was in control. Right essentially yeah and it's and i was um i was seeing that too like that's one of the reasons why like when you and i and ty get together and we train i like that because um each one of us will kind of have like a a theme in mind and like what we're doing that simultaneously will spark inspiration in the other people like when i notice that you're doing something then i kind of jump on that coattail and say Oh, maybe I should do the same thing. Not trying to like, not trying to copy moves, but more like the essence of what you're doing. If I notice that you're really hitting accents, like the intention, the intention, right? And then um, the same thing, like when Ty will be dancing, and Ty will do something that it's like I'll be thinking like only about like my feet and like footwork, and then I'll look up and I'll see Ty doing stuff with you know, his upper body, like shoulders and like doing like, you know, body character and stuff. And then I go, yeah, I need to, I need to start pursuing that again and and be conscious of it. And then also, I mean, I'm not sure, um, what I brought to the table on Friday at all, like in our session, but, um, then there was like things that I was like thinking about and kind of being conscious of within myself and just saying like, all right, I'm going to try doing this, this round and just, you know, flowing with this and seeing where I can go with that. But, you know, yeah, it, it is it is tricky. Um, it's also tricky because we do go back to these, like, grooves that, we're, that we've had, you know, carved out and that we've had, you know, like, 
um, that we've drilled so much that whenever we get lost, we can always go back into those grooves. Mm -hmm. But you also have to still create those new uh, neural pathways in your brain. And the way that you do that is by taking yourself back out to being a beginner and being uncomfortable and feeling awkward and looking like shit and being very self-conscious and all that stuff. But, you know, it's like they say, hey, it's, it's just us here, right? Mm-hmm. You know, we're we're sweating in here so that way we, we will bleed, uh, bleed less out there in the world. And then when you're in these situations where you've traveled to Europe and you're in a big competition or you're at some big cipher with all these heavy hitters and whatnot – you're so used to being in such an uncomfortable place that once you're out there, they don't even see that you're uncomfortable even. They're like, oh, wow, yeah, you're, you're a good dancer. And you were going, oh, that's funny because I felt like I caught cold cards on this beat. But they didn't know that. They, you know, all they saw was your, your movement and your intention. And they were like, oh, shit, okay, yeah, this person's pretty dope. And then you... you you know, it's not necessarily like you faked anything, but you were able to just brave a really, you know, difficult circumstance. And I think that's what a lot of people admire more than if you were just like technically superior to other people. They go, yeah, you know, this person's really good technically, but that person's got courage. That person's got really good cipher awareness. That person has got tenacity. Um, I saw when one of my friends started fucking with them in the cipher and they asserted themselves and I respect that. They didn't back down. They also didn't overdo it. Like, you didn't, you know, also just drop out of character and be like, hey, bro, what the fuck? You know, and try to get all, you know, stupid and aggro. <laughs> it's a, it's such, so cheesy. It's right. So cringy when people do that. Right. Like, I, oh, man. When people, like, get into characteristic mode in dance. Uh-huh. Now, is there a time and place for it? Sure. Yeah. But when people like overdo it, mm-hmm. and I, I know this in the breaking scene, that's what happens. A lot of people over fucking characterize right. shit. And I'm like, dude, you already know that as soon as they call the time, you're going to be all, you know, hunky dory again. Yeah. Well, like, it, it, it's, it's the reality of the situation, which is that the first generation of hard rocks that were doing this dance were also stick-up kids you know they were you know they lived it they were children of the bronx right and then everybody else were just like we're the echo that's emanating after you know the initial shot was fired so yeah when you try to jump into that oh i'm a fucking tough guy and you know it's like it's like if you're gonna do you know cool you're 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 keeping on the tradition by throwing these zip gun burns and you know pulling out shotguns and knives and whatnot it's like but guess what you're, you're a from, dancer nerd that does not know how to fight you're from minnetonka my yeah guy. yeah you know <laughs> you're from minnetonka minnesota you know or you you know you were you were raised by you know um some really good teachers in a very prestigious studio or yeah. breakdancing academy or what have you and stuff and it's like it's like cool you know, but it's like don't don't get that shit twisted and think that all of a sudden now you can throw bones with somebody. I'm like, because there's people that are out there that are seriously like they'll they'll, they'll give you like the hood pass, mm-hmm. but if you get out of pocket, they'll just go ahead and push your shit in. They don't give a fuck. They're like, I don't care how good you can spin on your head. I don't care if you're a BC one all star or anything else. You're in my neighborhood, and I'll just fuck you up and put you in a trunk someplace. Yeah, I, I remember this one time, Azaria and I were, like, chatting, I think, over Instagram. B-Girl Azaria, for those of you who don't mm-hmm. know. Um, she's a B-Girl here in Minnesota. I forgot what her alias is. I think it's, like, AG. Or, I don't fucking know. 
Azario. You could find her on Instagram. Mm-hmm. But she's like one of the top, if not only, B girls here repping right now in Minnesota. Mm-hmm. We're having a conversation. She's like, yeah, you know, my my breaking coaches are like, you know, you need to be tough, you need to be angry, but I can't help but smile when I battle. I was like, dude, then smile. Right. Like, in my personal opinion, I think that whole front is bullshit. Yeah. Like, dude, if be genuine about about your intention in the dance. Right. Once you do that, that frees you up to become better techn- mm-hmm. technique-wise. Because yep. now you're no longer – a lot of people spend time uh, – a lot of people spend time – working on their character rather than working on their technique Mm -hmm. and it's corny dude it's fucking corny like yo (laughs) (laughs) while you were pretending to be mad i just got down like 390s right you know while while you were pretending to while you were trying to map out okay if this guy you know throws a cack in my face like how am i going to react to that Mm -hmm. while you were pretend while you're working out ways to counter that or to 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 be to um to be emotionally frazzled by that like how are you going to be emotionally frazzled by that mm-hmm. like i literally just picked up five or six burns right i mean so i was like i was all right if you like smiling when you battle smile yeah if anything that's like because because the your character isn't going to win you the battle right it's your technique and your intention mm-hmm. that's going to win you the battle right you know, and that, that's just speaking in breaking terms. And and the thing is that character, uh, just like style, is you you can't uh, you can't put the cart before the horse, right? So in a lot of cases, people say, you know, style trumps technique, or character trumps this, or or whatever. It's like, but that's the problem with that is that you could be uh, think about it in professional sports, right? You could have all this character. You could be, you know, like uh, like the John McEnroe of, you know, something, right? Like have like a hockey temper. But if you're not winning the game, then it doesn't matter if you smashed 15 tennis rackets and had a spaz and like throw fucking tennis balls out into the crowd and, you know, bit the coach and all this other crazy shit. It's just like, well, con- congratulations. That's all the stuff that was memorable, but you still didn't take the win, right? And... The the thing is that, and this is why it's so tricky for people, um, especially when you come up out of dance cultures that were like, okay, this is all that we've got, and so we put everything into it. But then, if you're not careful, then um, it's really super easy to to live in this like this vacuum. And one of the the big uh, disagreements that we run into with a lot of um, OG dancers was the fact that they would be saying things like that. They would come up and, and they would say it as like a diss. They're like, oh, yeah, y'all Minnesota motherfuckers are too nice. So? And and it's like, oh, and y'all y'all guys all like train with each other and stuff. And it's like, yeah. So? And it's just like, you know, oh, you two are in opposing crews and your homies? Yeah, yeah man, I don't know, man, I don't know. And it's What like, is this, the fucking 70s? Right. And, it, and like, and I point out to some of these folks when I'd have these conversations, I'm like, that is the same uh that's the same dojo mentality that exists in martial arts to a very big degree where you know if you were part of you know so and like sifu so and so's uh crew in this one school in Chinatown you did not talk to the hungar people across the street at their club and in fact you guys always were like throwing 
you know, insults from across the street until you'd have a row at, you know, a restaurant or a celebration or whatever and all this stuff. And it's like, and that's cool for the spirit of like competition because competition does push you. It pushes you to try to outperform. But um, simultaneously, you have to look at like the bigger picture, which is like, oh, there's like all these other martial art schools and styles that are thriving where we're just holding ourselves back because we're too busy with all this um, fighting with each other or infighting within ourselves. And um, when you see dancers that try to like impose their belief on something, that's kind of where it goes back to understanding the, the difference between facts versus beliefs, right? A belief is like, that's kind of like your personal truth. But the fact might remain that as much as you want to believe, you're never going to be six foot four if you're five foot one. As as much as you believe it, and you just you every night you you say your prayers and you hope the fairy fucking godmother comes down and just blesses you with this, you are never going to be six foot. You know, um, you could cheat, you could you know put on blocks, you could figure out all kinds of hacks and stuff, but you are never going to actually walk around at six feet, and that's just a, a fact. You have to accept that, but that doesn't mean that if you still put yourself mentally in a place where you say, well, be, I might not be able to be six feet, but I'm going to like have a better vertical than a lot of other people. I'm going to jump up and down stairs with a weight vest every day. And I'm going to train harder than that person who's naturally six feet. That just doesn't have to do very much to be six feet, but I can outrun them. I can outplay them. I have better, you know, uh, skills on the court, whatever the, the thing is, then you've already kind of taken whatever it was to a higher level. Um, but you have to be able to be realistic and, and say, you know, within yourself, like, yeah, no matter how much, uh, like it was, a, it was a thing that I learned personally, which is um, no matter how much I learn and no matter how much I know and honor and appreciate, there's going to be guys that just don't give a fuck. I'm going to go out to the Bronx or I'm going to go out to the Bay area or I'm going to go out here or there and they're just going to see another white boy who, you know, knows how to dance. And they're just going to be like, so? Mm-hmm. Big fucking deal. Guess what? We just had a bunch of guys from Korea that came over here, and they almost got shot, you know, because they didn't understand that you don't go to the bodega at 3 o'clock in the morning unless, like, you're looking for, you know, drugs or trouble or whatever, you know? And it's mm-hmm. just like, and you're walking around our neighborhood with your nose open thinking that this is some fucking hip-hop utopia or what have you. And it's like, and these kids have no clue because they don't have that shit in, in their environment. They think that like, there's like certain narratives that get painted and created by, again, by media, but also even by dancers mm-hmm. where they say, yeah, man, you know, it's the fucking truth and this and this. And, and then you go to that place and you go, yeah, there's like violence and pain and crime and, you know, suffering and no one gives a shit if you're good at dancing. Like they, they, I mean, they, it's like it's cool when you're out at the jam and stuff, but as soon as you get back out on the street, everyone's just like, hey, man, this is another mark that we need to take down. So you have to be realistic about, you know, what all these things are. And, you know, when people try to give you those little speeches of this is the true meaning of being a B-boy or, yo, bro, this is the true meaning of being a house dancer and whatever. It's like at the end of the fucking day, if a comet slams into our planet, it's not going to matter. Mm-hmm. So we just have to be able to, you know, dance because we love to work on our craft and build our skills because it's something that keeps us focused, gives us a sense of ownership and creativity and discipline and strength. 
And then if somebody's got a problem with that, I mean, honestly, it's their problem. And especially like if you're doing good as, as an overall dancer and, you know, you don't get the approval of, you know, this person or that person, so be it, you know? It's done in professional sports all the time where other athletes are friends with each other and they play for opposing teams. Yeah, yeah. That's If it's okay in that in that right. realm, in that world, why isn't it okay in dance? Right. I mean, shit, sometimes, like, you'll be in town, you're playing your, your rival team, and then you'll see, like, the two star players get together and go have a steak afterwards. Yeah, they go, it happens all the time. Right. You know, that's why for me, like, yeah, I represent a number of crews. Mm-hmm. Um, loyal to the to the crew and everything like that. Um, the only time it becomes a problem, in my personal opinion, is if you battle and you don't rep those colors, if you don't rep the crew. Right. That's the time it becomes a little problem because you're like, okay, so are you still down with us or no? Mm-hmm. You know, and when you don't rep it, that's saying something. Right. And, but in terms of being friendly and being cordial and just being professional, mm-hmm. like, dude, who gives a fuck, right. man? You know, like, seriously. Because how the hell are you supposed to grow that specific sport or dance or, right. you know, a subculture? How are you supposed to grow it right. if you guys are separate? Like, how did the Minnesota scene grow so fast? It's because we all got along. Yep. You yep. Know? And if, it, if it came down to – now, was there separation prior? Absolutely. Mm-hmm. And did it grow? No, it didn't grow. Mm-hmm. But when we all learned how to play together, how to dance together and, you know, be professional or just – you know, being cord- being cordial, mm-hmm. even though if we didn't really like each other, the scene when we once we did that, the scene started growing. Right, opportunities started happening, and look, like the people that I used to dance against here in the scene are now like some of my really good friends. Right, because of that, because um, I think it's it's mind boggling when scenes, especially over dance. I mean, yeah. Seriously, you guys are getting mad at each other over a fucking stupid dance move. Right. Like, that shit is fucking hilarious. Now, now back back then, yeah, I used to be that kind of person, and then I grew up. Right. <laughs> and I realized, like, that shit is silly. Yeah. There are other things to be mad at other people about, and dance shouldn't be one of them. Mm-hmm. You know, you calling a heel step a heel toe shouldn't be a reason to why you're mad at an individual. Right. It. It's it doesn't make any sense. At the end of the day, they all look the same. Right. I mean, you know, and I think too that there's um there's there's a way that you can correct people and say, oh, okay, well, based on my experience, you know, this is what we called it from my era, my region, what have you. Yeah. I mean, you want to always put a disclaimer there. Yeah. Right? right. And it's like, and I think that sometimes what happens is that and and this is not even just like a like a like an okay boomer og problem this is a problem that i see even in the youth where we're more concerned about being right than just doing like what whatever was like necessary or correct for the time so um you see that a lot with like the the studio beef cheese may that floats around as well because it, it's it's very relative to like what um breaking crews were like you see that in a lot of places where studios do not get along and they're like you know we don't like these people we don't like those people those people don't like us we don't fucks with them like that and stuff and um what you kind of what you kind of have to look at 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 the end of the day is okay is it is it the studio or maybe it's just like a specific person if it's a specific person i can't condemn the rest of the studio for the sins of that one person 
And if I don't get along with you, cool. I don't get along with you, but I will respect you. Mm-hmm. I just don't like you. Yeah. And that's cool because guess what? Planet Earth is a very big place. Yeah. And yeah. even though we can bump into each other, as long as we understand how to respect each other's space, then it's typically fine. You know, don't start nothing, won't be nothing. You stay on your side, I'll stay on mine. Chew with your mouth closed, everything will be good. But we also have this thing where we're like, our egos and our lower vibrational self likes to do, which is like, you know what? I won't say two words to you at the fucking jam, but I'm going to talk all kinds of mad shit on social media. (laughs) And I'm like, you know what? Number one, first and foremost, um, if you're going to be that vocal, then um, I go, I always go back to punk rock, right? I always go back to, if you didn't like that band and you're at the after party talking shit about them, expect that like the person that's across from you nodding their head is actually good friends with the drummer. And he's going to walk over and say, you know, Hey, you know, Ozzy, do you hear what this guy said about your band? And he said that, yeah, that you guys couldn't play yourself out of a, you know, wet paper bag and you guys fucking suck. You guys were the headliners. You should have been the openers. Like, you know, and you go, Oh really? And the person's like, Oh no, I was just, and then like, of course you're going to throw down. Um, so in, in my opinion, I kind of feel like, you know, if you, if you want to, throw that much shade then just call each other out and not even call each other out on some quasi pseudo intellectual bullshit you guys are both arguing about you know who shot first Han or Greedo or what fucking Marvel movie has more wokeness or lessness or whatever it's like yo just battle if that's Mm. the case just battle or even just like physically throw down like, I'll even say that. I'll put that out there. I'll be <laughs> yeah, like, listen, yeah. you know, you think you're a, a hard ass. You think you're a fucking uh, a hard rock. Then why don't you come over here and put me in my place? And most yeah. people won't do that because they actually don't have that. And that's yeah. why they talk the shit they talk. And that's why they do the thing where they, they'll they take your workshop, they'll smile and they'll nod, and then all of a sudden they'll be like, let me tell you about Stacy in this class. And, you know, and they'll fucking say all this shit. And then they, then they have this stupid-ass Dear Diary moment mm-hmm. where they are surprised that the entire fucking dance scene doesn't want to mess with you anymore. And you're like, well, you put it on social media for everyone to see. Stupid. Yeah, you, you know, know? The, the dancing is so toxic. Yeah. <laughs> it's like very very fucking toxic, which is why I I tend to keep my distance. Right. For like and people are like why why do you golf so much because fuckers are toxic. Right. You know, at least at the golf course I can get some peace of mind. Right. You know, but yeah, you know, the, the the dancing is fuck, man. And I'm sure that if you rolled exclusively like in the golf scene in like a deeper way, you'd probably start to see that same toxicity. Oh, dude, but 100%. but it's like, but you get you give yourself an exit strategy. The minute that you start noticing that shit, you're like, oh, I got I get to go back to dance now. No, it's and not I get to go over here. I get to you get to you're not tethered to any one thing, which gives you that ability to just kind of be able to choose what you want to subject yourself to or not. So. Well, here's the thing: is that at the dance scene, there's only however so many events. Which everyone shows up to. In a golf scene, there's over a hundred golf courses that I could fucking go to. Right. And at the end of the day, I don't have to fucking dance. I don't have to play with people. Right. Or I could just go to a driving range by myself and mm-hmm. mind my own business. Exactly. In yep. the dance scene, you kind of want people to be there so you can feed off of the energy. Right. Right. So there's a big difference in. It clearly should show a lot of people, like, why 
I probably have more golf co- content on my Instagram as opposed to dance. Right. Because motherfuckers are toxic. Right. And, you know, when I'm spoken to or when I'm needed, I will be there. Mm-hmm. Or when I feel like fucking going somewhere, yep. I will be there to show my support. Right. But until then, don't expect me to get into all that drama. Right. And shit. And, and like, and let me, let me add to this too, because it's not, it's not like, oh, the Minnesota scene or anything. It's, it's just, it's, Everything. it's anything that has like a niche, right? Um, I mean, shit, the Oscars are toxic, yeah. right? Um, Hollywood is toxic. The music industry is toxic. Uh, professional sports in every capacity is toxic. Everything has something to it because no matter where we seem to go, there's no utopia. There's always human bre- human beings bringing in their bullshit that they've stepped in and not wiping their feet when they walk in. Mm-hmm. So that's what we have to deal with. Right. And it's about being conscious and aware of what you feel like getting involved or what in. You let in yeah, what yeah. you let into your en- energy and whatnot. Now, Granted to say is Minnesota. Minnesota is probably the least most to- the least yeah. toxic scene compared right. to other scenes out there. Mm-hmm. Like I've traveled to many scenes where two guys were literally the best of friends, mm-hmm. and now they're damn near close to shooting one of shooting each other up. Right? I'm like, what the fuck just happened? Like, yeah. it's like literally like two months ago, you guys were having drinks, and mm-hmm. you know, I even paid a visit, and we all just kicked it, and now you guys just don't even say a single word to each other. What the right. fuck happened? You know, and it's stupid when it's over dance. Yep. It's another thing when it's, like, over something like a woman or, you know, yeah. <laughs> like something really personal. And I'm like, ooh, yeah. Baby mama drama. Yeah. Money yeah. lending. Yeah. Um, you know, people people doing, like, again, this is this is why I always tell people. I'm like, just because you're a good dancer does not I mean, shit. guarantee that you are a good person. <laughs> right. So when people are like, oh, but, yo, that's, that's uh, B-boy so-and-so. I'm like, yeah, so-and-so. What the fuck is your point? Who gives well, a fuck? <laughs> yo, but he invented the continuous dick spin. And it's just like, cool. yeah, but he also took $500 from, you know, the one of the uh, the people that he stayed with yeah. when he was uh, being hosted. He took money. He tried to hit on my friend's wife behind his back. Right. He slid like, up into my 14-year-old daughter's DMs or yeah, some shit. And you're just like, that guy. So, yeah, fuck that guy. He's a clown. <laughs> yeah. It's like, congratulations. You invented something or you were... You know the third guy from the left in Beat Street in the background or whatever. That that's dope. Yeah, you, you know? invented it. Now everyone's recycling it. Right. So it's like, but you also still have to be, you know, a decent human being. I mean, in order to walk any place in this fucking life, you have to be a good human being, and that's part of what causes civilization to advance is cooperation, not um, not like solely competition. Cause like if you get, if, and this is the thing that like, uh, I, I point this out when people want to get into like the quote unquote, like the colonizer mindset, I'm like, it's not about colonization. It's about conquering mindset. There's people that say, Hey, I have more than you. And also I want what you have. So I'm just going to invade and take. Right. And that doesn't only exist with governments or religious groups or any of that kind of shit. It, it exists with people Every, in general. People, you know, yeah. someone is like, yo, I'm six foot one and you're five, two. You know, give me your fucking shoes. And you're like, yo, these ain't even your size. And you're like, you know what? My little brother would like them. So give me them <laughs> shoes. Run them shits. Yeah. So at that point, that's where we have to be a person who is going to be assertive. But you also can't walk around life with a fucking chip on your shoulder either. Because then um, every single solitary person that you run into at that point 
is going to um, intrinsically be an obstacle. And that's also a very tough way to live too, because then you're always on your, you're, you know, you're always on your back heel. You're always getting in everybody's face. You're always questioning if everyone's got an ulterior motive or what their hustle is or whatever. And it's just like, and it burns up so much, it burns up so much bandwidth in a human being. And then finally you're fried. And then before it, all your best days are behind you. And you're looking back on your life and going like, yeah, I, I, I'm not, I don't have anything now because I was always too busy trying to dunk on everybody and get in everyone's face and be aggressive and hostile and shit. So again, you know, that whole point about finding balance and harmony, you know, being able to, you know, have like one hand dipped in, in mercy and one hand dipped in severity and knowing how to use each and every single one to serve a greater good rather than walking around, you know, like the aggressive OG B-boy who's like, you know, back in my day we sniffed coke and we would stab motherfuckers and, you know, you guys ain't even about that life and y'all pussy, y'all some fuck, you know. And it's just like, or you turn around and you say, yo, this is great and amazing that you kids are doing this because, like, we were doing it because we had nothing else. So it's dope that you guys can do this, like, Cub Scouts and daycare and shit right like you guys get to go out and go to breaking practice like you're you know like and you got like you know soccer moms now or like there's like there's like breaking moms and shit when back in my day mom did not drive you to that part of the boogie down to go and dance with your friends over on sedgwick it was like it was just like i don't even know where you're going um be safe you know take the right train you know, and that's, and, and I just hope you get back when, you know, it's nighttime or whatever, but it's just like, but people have to be realistic about this shit, you know? And I think that sometimes when you, when you're stuck in a certain type of like mechanism too, like survival mechanism and you have post-traumatic stress, um, decades of abuse or other situations that happen, um, around people. And, and it's not just relegated to like, you know, disenfranchised neighborhoods i mean you also find this shit in affluent neighborhoods you know behind closed doors it's just not out in the open for people to see um you get people that bring their trauma to whatever avenue they're doing so now they're playing basketball and they decide to elbow check you because they got some feelings about some other shit that has nothing to do with you (laughs) you just happen to be that trigger to remind them so they're just like all right i'm gonna throw this fucking elbow on this clown and you know, it was some motherfucker, what you want to do, you know? And, and, and it's like, and then some people will just go, all right, well, we're already up, you know, 16 points. So it's no, there's no reason for me to beat your ass. Mm -hmm. But if you keep throwing elbows, I'm going to have to finally stop and say, all right, you know, we need to have a discussion because obviously this is a little bit more than just you want to win. This is something personal. And I think that that's another big aspect that we as dancers need to start doing more of as well. Um, when you start seeing people firing and lobbing and showing their ass on social media, um, especially like in like, you know, with, uh, things like Facebook where everybody gets to see your back and forth chat, it's like immediately just, just go and and be like, you know what? I'm just going to pop into your DMS and be like, Hey, what's going on? You know, Mm -hmm. why, why are you on my bumper like that? And the person's like, well, I'm on, my, on your bumper because of blah, blah, blah. And you're like, all right, well, let's have a conversation about yeah, it. Yeah, that's honestly the best way to go about it. Yeah. I think that that whole, oh my gosh, especially with dancers, man. Like, yeah. They just want to call each other out and blast each other and this and that. I'm but like, they don't even know how to communicate. They don't, <laughs> no. I'm like, yo, dude, if it was that big of a deal to you, 
why don't you just inbox me? Right. Like DM me. Yeah. And they're like, well, I need the whole world to see it. Great. Then screenshot it. Yeah. If we still disagree at the end of our conversation, most likely we will still disagree. Then screenshot it and share it with the fucking world. Right. You know, like the cult call out cancel culture. Mm-hmm. It's fucking bullshit. Yeah. Um, now, do some certain people need to be canceled? Absolutely. A hundred percent. Yeah. But. Well, it, you know, it's it's a sensitive subject. And and I think that there's some things and it's a generational thing, too, mm-hmm. because is it overused today? Mm hmm. 100%. Yeah. And it's used, in my opinion, by the wrong generation. Yeah. It's used by the today's generation where right. they're sensitive about the color of your shirt. Right. You know, as opposed to what you really fucking did. Right. Now, I think cancel culture should be left up to people in our generation because mm-hmm. we actually saw that shit right. go down. We saw and felt shit mm-hmm. happen. Yeah. Um. Now, I don't, it's it, again, it's a touchy subject, but personally, I think that people getting canceled for the dumbest fucking shit ever is ridiculous. Mm-hmm. Now, people getting canceled for like legitimate things, sure, yeah, yeah. let it happen, right? Um, that's just my two cents. Well, on that, I guess you know, and, and like it's it's like this, right? Like the, the one of the big points of controversy. I'll I'll, I'll give like a, a good example of it was you know uh, the Will Smith slap. With Chris Rock, and then Chris Rock now waited a year, almost a year to the to the day. I think he was like a week short of the Oscars to do his uh, his stand up special live, do a rebuttal, and also do it in D.C., Jada's hometown. So it's like you know you want to talk about like a Machiavellian like I'm just going to lay on my belly and just wait and wait and wait and have to sit on this material, work on it, practice it, and then finally drop it as my response, um, and then. Will coming out, and it takes some, I, I hate to say it, but it takes a pair of balls on a person to say, well, you know what, I really feel sad and offended that you clap back at me for that one time that I jumped up on the stage and publicly embarrassed you in, in front of the entire fucking planet. You know, how dare you, right? Yeah. It's like, number one, you're the minute you got on stage, you forfeit all of your feelings in this situation because now if he would have been a very and i I point this out as a human being a lot of us knew what was going on in will's personal life so to see this as like a byproduct just kind of showed this guy was already at a breaking point but you're making it out to be that like chris rock was like constantly doing and you know just like leaning on the smiths and everything when he wasn't and and of course, then there's other people that are like, yeah, you're like, you're six foot four and you're coming up to this guy and slapping him because you, you could, you weren't going to do that shit to Cuba Gooding Jr. You know, <laughs> you weren't going to come up and do that shit to, you know, um, if John Jones was like presenting uh, an award. Or if Tupac was still alive, you weren't going to do it. And if anything, Tupac would be the guy you'd want to slap. Yeah, exactly. But you, you won't know? do it because it's Tupac. Right. And it's like, so... So it's like we we have to be, you know, like going back to your point, we have to be accountable for what we do, but also simultaneously there's a way in which you can hold people accountable um, instead of 
the passive aggressive, you know, sit back in the cut. And then now you get to a point where it's like, now if, if I got a beef with you, if I got a grievance and let's say we ran into some sort of an impasse and maybe you said some mean and hurtful shit to me and I said some mean and hurtful shit back to you. But let's say I had some sort of ammunition on you. Right. And I was able to use that ammunition, not only to get you like revenge, but also to get you fired from your job. Now your family, you can't provide for your family anymore. Um, you can't do certain things. You, you know, all these other companies don't want to touch you with a 10 foot pole because of the controversy that is, uh, that's been peppered onto you. Um, it's a very difficult situation, I think, because that's kind of like a nuclear option for some people, and they make you radioactive. Now, there are some people that, yeah, if it's like they violated something that was like severely, like ethically um, null, then you're like, yeah, you know, you got canceled because you decided to, you know, every person that came into audition at your film studio, you decided to try to have, you know, some sort of physical rights to and whatnot. Yeah, it's like, by all means. But then what happens is the, you know, you, you, you give it enough time and then people are being canceled for even like, you know, turning left when they should have turned right. They make a mistake. They fucked up someplace and they said, and they even stopped themselves. They go, yo, I'm sorry. I, I fucked up right there. I didn't mean to. And people go, you know what? You're weak and I can taste the blood in the water, so we're going to go ahead and jump on you with both heels. And that's the stuff that really, like I said, it's 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 counterproductive, especially like in the battle culture that we come into, because if I got a beef with you, I should just call you out. you know. And the, the reason why we're dancing is because it's a constructive way to be able to do that, to get off <laughs> that that energy, and afterwards be like, all right, good battle, uh, you know, still fuck you, but, you know, <laughs> I, I respect you at least. Right. So if we're at the gym. We don't have to talk. We don't have to go out of our way to hang out and iron this out. But still, it's like we, we just have to be able to respect each other's space, each other's uh, thoughts, um, our energy, our hopes, our aspirations, our dreams and whatnot. And that's why I'm always very conscious, even like when I get into conversations with people online, um, where if I notice that, let, let's say, for instance, I make a joke or even if I make a post, I might make a post and then somebody else jumps in on that post with a different intention and they want to steer the conversation into the mountains and crash it. I immediately just go done. Like I, I don't want to carry on with this thought idea because like maybe what my intention was, was I was doing something funny because I'm in a good mood and you know, I got a picture of, you know, my dog doing some silly shit. Right. But then somebody else decides to chime in and say, well, you know, why are you taking pictures of dogs when, you know, there's starving people on this side of the planet or whatever? What does it have to do you know, with yeah, your dog? Yeah, you know, and it's just like, and then pretty soon it's like everyone's controlling the narrative. And you kind of go, you want to know what's so funny was that this all started with that one meme about a Teletubby. And, you know, it's like, and now we're talking about fucking geopolitics or or some other uh, crazy shit. So, the, and this is this is the the problematic side about social media, is that it's a very crude form of like mental telepathy, where sometimes like what we think too as people, just just if, I ask everybody that's listening just to do take take a little inventory test here, and bear with me. On a moment to moment basis, we as people think billions of thoughts in a day, right? Um, 
are all these thoughts fully indicative of who we are as people? No. Sometimes we can think fucked up shit. Sometimes we can think amazing shit. Sometimes we can just think nothing, you know, just bullshit. We get a song stuck in our head, you know, and that's, you know, just what's going on at that time. And what I get worried about is when people are now trying to be held grossly accountable for every little single solitary thing, almost like a kind of a cross between uh, Minority Report, if you've ever seen that movie, and uh, uh, that episode of Black Mirror. I think it was what was it called? I think it was called Crocodile or something. But it was that that guy who could like rewind and go back to like literally like what you did four days ago and be like, oh, but you had lunch with that guy at that restaurant, and I know that because I was walking by that restaurant and I got the reflection through the mirror and it like hit into my eye registry. So I was able to go back and get that. Right. And it's like, you know, I, I personally don't care about what you said back in 19, you know, 95, because I want to know where you're at right now. Um, if you've changed and evolved, you have the right to do so. You know, I'm not going to fucking turn around and say, you know what, man, but there was that one time when you were 22 years old and you were a knucklehead, and you didn't know your left from your right, and you said that one thing. So I find that offensive, and even though now you're 47 years old and you've like done nothing but good throughout your life, I'm still going to hold you accountable for what you said back when you were 20 or whatever. I, I find that to be nonsense, because what you're trying to do is, just like you were talking about like with uh, the, the new generation, they have a thing about like you're reading history, and you're putting your current moral and personal stance and standard onto what happened in a different generation, in a different demographic, in a different way of life. And you're saying, oh, but guess what? You know, we need to cancel, you know, the people back in 1000 AD because they were absolutely horrendous and atrocious. Yeah, because it was a horrendous and atrocious time. Mm Mm-hmm. You know, and you're like, oh, but we know, but but did you know? And that's why I laugh when motherfuckers are like, they finally read history and they go, but did you know that they did this back in you know 1427? Yeah. Well, doesn't that make you mad? Well, it makes me upset because it's like I'm, and I'm, but I'm also grateful that I don't fucking live in that time because that would suck ass to be sitting there and all of a sudden it's just like, oh wow, you know, some people rode on our shores and genocided our people or did this or that or the third, right? It's like, but. I'm here and I'm right now. And I think that people put all that stuff together and they try to make it into this like kind of hodgepodge, especially because, you know, social media allows us to have this bullhorn and we're able to be heard. But with that comes a great responsibility. And it's like, you don't want to kind of like what Chris Rock said about, um, you know, now everybody is in the ER with a paper cut. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so now the people that really need to be heard, the people that really need to be helped, the people that need to be seen are being blocked out because, you know, everybody that's got the ability to, you know, video blog and uh, flame on, you know, every single uh, social media format, they get there first, you know. And now that person who's digging cobalt in Africa to make your fucking phone that you're you know, bitching on everything, you know, where like the real slave labor exists, you know, and the real atrocities that are happening, you know, but that's only to get you your iPhone at a decent price. 
and you're not stopping and taking inventory of that and going like, all right, man, I need to keep all this shit in perspective. And, you know, if it's something that I got a beef about, I'll take it up with the source. I'm not just going to say, you know, it really grinds my gears. You know, I'm not naming names and then dot, dot, dot. And then you shit on the jam that you were just at five minutes ago. And, you know, and I'm not going to, you know, and that person's name rhymes with, you know, whatever, you know, it's just like, I, I look at all that stuff and I just go, you know what, man, just fucking own up, get up to, you know, whoever it is that you have a beef with and square up with them. Don't hide behind social media. Don't hide behind, you know, the algorithm. Don't hope that someone is going to break up the fight. Allow that person to have their ability to also retaliate and retort and face them down. Otherwise, what you're going to actually do is at the expense of like this one thing that could have been handled with a conversation, a personal conversation, you burn down the entire region. Like nobody can dance now. No one can party. No one can get together and hang out. No one can go and re- and like, you know, hang out in the other camps because they're like, oh, well, you know what? There was that whole beef between, you know, that one person in my dance studio and that person in your dance studio. Now none of us get to vibe or party. Right. If something like really upsets you or something just doesn't feel like, for example, like going to an event or whatever, mm-hmm. then just leave. Yeah. Yeah. Like, if it, it fucking sucks, it's go. That, it's that simple. Just right. leave, dude. Right. And if if you left, then that should be it. There's no need mm-hmm. to go on the internet and just shit on it. Right. You know, like people right. complain about the dumbest fucking things in the world. Yep. I'm like, dude, just leave. Like, right. for example, House Proud. Mm-hmm. I, I was there in the beginning. Mm-hmm. And then after Monty was done spinning, I sat in and listened to what these next DJs were spinning, and mm-hmm. I just wasn't really feeling what they were playing, so I mm-hmm. left. Yeah. The fuck? <laughs> Simultaneously watching people trip over that mini stage. That, that's probably one of the only things that kept me there. <laughs> yeah. yeah. That shit was hilarious. Yeah, that, that guy dropping that entire unopened bottle of wine that he smuggled in, and then he was so embarrassed <laughs> he just left that he just it. left. And I, like, I was like... I walked over, and I looked at you, and I was like, is this a fucking bottle of wine? And you were like, yep. And I just like picked it up and put it on the table, kind of like, all right. Well. Yeah, yeah. I was like, I mean, you should just at least just done with the plan, just picked it up. Right, right. Like, why are you going to leave it like that? Yeah. <laughs> like, what do you think I'm going to do? Right. Like, I'm not going to do shit. But, but yeah, man. I mean, I I agree. It's like th- I think that's another thing that also comes with maturity because when you're young, this is another difficult thing that I think that like the youth struggles with. FOMO is yeah, either FOMO or YOLO. Or any of the other Olo Omo <laughs> stuff, but also, um, but also, like, remember that, like, when we were kids, we were sort of at the mercy of either a public transportation or b our parents giving us a ride or c somebody else being nice enough to give us a ride mm-hmm. someplace. So when you went there, you went there for the entire thing because they were like, "All right, I'm gonna drop you off. What time is it done? Oh, it's done at eight p.m. All right, well then, be outside, ass on curb at eight oh one. You're like, all right, and. So you have no place else to go. So you have to be there for all the ups and the downs of the entire jamboree, right? But then you get some autonomy. You get a car. You have the ability now. You say, well, I can't make it for the entire jam because I work until 6, but I'll be able to get out there for like the last stretch of it or whatever. And with that, we also realize that, you know, all this stuff is just... I think that, like, in the grand scheme of things, these are just things that we do as people to, you know, 
I mean, I, I hate to sound cynical because it's not it's not actually like a cynical or fatalistic type of perspective. So hear me out here. But it's it's like we're doing all this stuff to avoid thinking about dying. Mm-hmm. You know, our eventual demise. And now this is the plus side about it, though. This is the bright side is that we're doing this to celebrate life, to be thankful and grateful. You know, we get to hang out with people that are, you know, alive and kicking and, you know, we're celebrating and we're dancing and we're experiencing things and we're feeling things and stuff. And, you know, and that and that's why we do what we do. That's why we dance. That's why we party. That's why we travel to other events because we want to share in this moment. We want to have a good time with people that also like the same kind of music and the same kinds of dances and mm-hmm. so on and so forth. And um, but we also are not obligated to have to put up with anybody's bullshit. So just like when you go to a bar, you go to a bar and all of a sudden um, uh, a fight breaks out. You know, some people want to stay and watch because they, they're, they're attracted to the controversy and shit. And like, ooh, you know. And there's other times where you just got to go, nope, all right, roll them up, we're going, you know. Um, case in point, when, uh, remember when we went out to... Uh, uh, for the for the Zulu anniversary when we were still in Zulu, and we went to that jam in um, uh, out in the in the Bronx that was in that um, that basketball uh, mm-hmm. court, uh, it, or it was like a high school gym basically. Yeah. So we were there, and it's supposed to be the celebration and you know peace, love, unity, having fun, you know all the all the rhetoric that was spouted by Zulu. And they were giving out awards for, like, achievements for the Zulu Kings. And then fucking uh, Pow Wow, and, and I'm only going to name them just because of the fact that this was just, it was just ridiculous, but Pow Wow from Soul Sonic Force decided to just start kind of heckling the people that were getting awards. And he's like, y'all ain't motherfucking real Zulu kings. And, you know, when we started this shit, and y'all just a bunch of fake-ass motherfuckers. You, and, he, and he was just on this this thing, right? You know, and, and it, it, it ended in a fight. And we're just kind of sitting here, and we're going like, yeah, this the, the, that was the reality check for me. That was one of the big reality checks for me, where I was going like, oh, yeah, this isn't about hip-hop. You know, th- this is very different from the jams and the things that we throw, because when we throw things, like, we leave feeling uplifted, you know, most of the time. This, it felt like just a fucking drain of energy, and it just taught me. I was just like, yeah, yeah, this is like, these are people, you know, who are, like, in their 50s and even 60s, who are like, guess what, you know, this entire thing that I started, I feel unappreciated, and I'm not the, the center of attention anymore, so-and-so is, and... I feel salty about that. I feel some sort of a way. I feel, you know, why are we giving awards to these Korean kids, you know, when we're the ones who fucking lived through the 70s and did this and that. So I I get that. But simultaneously, it's like, then you also have like those, those elders who really are appreciative where they say, wow, it blows my mind to see somebody like Save Young Glover appreciate tap and jazz culture the way that I did when I was a, a, a young buck. So you know, congratulations on your accolade. I'm glad that you got this award, right? And cool, you know, I'm, I'm glad that I get to be a part of this. I'm here at the ceremony and everything. I come up, I give you a hug. You know, you give me a shout out because I was like one of the dancers that inspired you or whatnot. And then it's like, cool, you know, and that's how you're paying it forward. But the, you're not really seeing that um, too often because 
you know, you got this like big conflict between the elders and the youth where the elders have the fear of missing out and they feel like they've been overlooked and ignored. And the youth thinks that they invented it all. And they said, oh, yeah, like we fucking made this and we made that and stuff. And they don't realize they're staying on the shoulders of giants. They always have been. And then finally they get to a certain point in their age where they mature and they go, oh, yeah, I done fucked up because now I'm in that boat. Now I know what it feels like. I know what it feels like to be dismissed, to have somebody give me the condescending, okay, boomer, whatever, boomer, you know, and they're giving me that shit. And it's like, yeah, it fucking sucks. So this is why it's, again, the the theme of, like, the yin and the yang coming together, right? You know, you, you don't have old without young. You don't have up without down. You don't have left without right. So we have to have these things come together in balance and harmony, not any one of them dominating the other, but working with in simpatico or symbiosis with yeah. the other. It's, it's all wishful thinking at the end of the day, too. Yeah. I mean... Well, and I think a lot of it has to start within. That's that's the biggest thing that I'm pointing out. It's not like, you know, oh, what we need to do is we need to get together and we need to, you know, and peace, love and everything. It's it's like there's going to – I know there's always going to be people who are like no matter what you say or do or what you preach, they're just like, you know what, fuck you. <laughs> yeah. You know. That's why you just got to surround yourself with people that you feel is on the same wavelength as you. Exactly. And it's, and it's simple too, right? Yeah. Uh, a lot of people just overcomplicate it. Right. Because – because they want what someone has, mm-hmm. which is fine. But if clearly what this person has is why you're sticking around them and not because of who they are, mm-hmm. then you're in the wrong boat. Right. And you're fucking yourself over big time. Or if you're looking at them because you're hoping that sooner or later they're going to sleep and then you're going to be able to come up and, you know, slit their throat and take it. You're a bad person. As opposed to, like, watching them and saying, I want to see how this person moves. Yeah. And then you go, wow, that's that's the reason why they're a mogul, and they, you know, have multi-million dollar, mm-hmm. you know, contracts with these people, and they do this and this and this. Man, that person works really hard. Maybe I need to implement that. And, you know, of course, and the same thing with ethics, too. And this is why if you don't have ethics and philosophy to to go with whatever physical or monetary achievement it's super easy to be fickle with everything and think that it's going to last forever i mean a lot of these social media influencers are going to be in for a rude awakening if say the economy crashes in a certain way and it's like all those millions of dollars they made because you know they make these videos and they're only you know 22 they're going to be like oh wait well i'll just make some more content and make more money you're like no you don't understand there is no money it's not there anymore but it's supposed to be. How am I going to eat? Well, you know, how am I going to do my, keep doing my thing? And it's like, well, I guess you're going to have to go out and get a job. I'm like, what's a job? You know, and they're going to go, oh, shit. You know, I have to go out and actually physically show up for something. I don't have to just, you know, keep doing these well, uh, these posts. Well, it's either that. Well, that's the thing. Like, if you're going to go into something like that, and this is just a whole other discussion. But mm-hmm. if you're going to go into something like that, then you have to be smart with your money. You exactly. Yep. So... There's because there's obviously social media influencers that have done very, very well for themselves, mm-hmm. despite how many people hate on them. Like, you know, for example, the Paul brothers, mm-hmm. like Jake Paul and Logan Paul, mm-hmm. they're fucking successful as hell. Mm-hmm. They're smart. Yeah. At the end of the day, they're fucking smart. And is there a lot of people that shit on them for who they are? Absolutely. But they don't really care because mm-hmm. at the end of the day, those people that are shitting on them are trying to figure out how to make next month's payment. Right. You know, and that's because they spent all that time shitting on him. Right. Because <laughs> so they didn't spend all that time 
working on who they are. <laughs> right. And, and it's like, and, and use, use that as motivation, right? Like, that was like a big reason why a lot of us even took up things like dancing was because you would see somebody who was an asshole, but they were a good dancer. And you go, man, I can dance better than that person. Or I want to dance better than that person. So you go home and you practice. And then finally you show up one day and you call them out. And you see what you're made of. And then you figure out at, at that moment in time if your hard work and your discipline and your everything is like if it paid off. Because now, now it's it's a reality check for good or bad. Mm-hmm. And you have to take it. You know, so if you if, if you won, then great, you know. But don't also think that you're you don't know. be a fucking asshole. Yeah. Don't be an asshole like that person. Right. <laughs> you know, there's a reason to why you got into it because you wanted to beat him and do it right. And, you know, you, know, you, you don't want to fucking, you don't want to fucking be just like him. <laughs> yeah. I mean, that's, that's, that's always the, uh, that's the victimizer, victimizee thing, right? It's like, oh, hey, we, we finally conquered the evil king. So what's the first thing we're going to do? We're going to go ahead and execute everybody in the royal family and remove their family line. It's like, well you're being just as tyrannical now. It's like, banish them, you know, or, or be like, hey, guess what? We're not going to run this country the way that you guys see fit, but that doesn't mean that you also don't belong here because you're also part of this country too. Well, you're the reason. I mean, you know, <laughs> everyone gets motivated by one thing or another. Right. right. I, one thing that I've learned a lot, it's a, it's a number one word that I hear a lot from the founder of the real estate company that I work for, mm-hmm. work for, is to be respectful. Yeah. Like, he always ends, when he's lecturing us on a couple of things, he always ends it with, be respectful. Yep. And that means even to your fucking enemies. Right. Yeah. Be respectful to your enemies. Right. Meaning, just don't get in their fucking way. Yeah. <laughs> like, don't pay them any mind. Let them do their thing. You know? Because at the end of the day, you're probably going to get the upper hand if you right. just let them do their fucking thing. Um, and just mind your own business. Mm-hmm. You know, the only time I feel like shit should be engaged is when people get into your circle, get into mm-hmm. your square, into your space. Right. Other than that, like, and that's kind of what how I live my life nowadays, mm-hmm. too, is like, I don't fucking care what right. you guys are doing, you know? Right. Like, unless you try and fuck with me, then, yeah, I'll, I'll, we'll see what's up. Yeah. You know, but until that, like, all right, well, you like, you like, um, what is it? You like cutting shapes? Fucking do it, yeah. man. Cares? I don't care. Yeah. <laughs> like, uh, b- maybe ten years, ten, fifteen years ago, I probably cared. Mm-hmm. But now I'm like, as I get older, I just don't care. Right. You know, it's it's meaningless. Well, most of the time when we when we make those types of like outward commentaries, like it's one thing if somebody comes up and asks you, like, what do you think? But it's another thing when you go out of your way to like you know troll the shape cutters page and say like oh yeah i'm gonna tell you guys you know what what's what about whatever it's like what what that's showing in your character is honestly that um whatever it is that they're doing that's displeasing you you can't seem to just like accept and let go you 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 basically want to like it's like a cigarette like a lit cigarette that you just you're compulsed to want to step on to put it out right Mm -hmm. rather than just leave it and let it burn out whenever it does um and i think that unfortunately again it, it keeps stemming back to all these problems people say like oh it's 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 this uh political system or it's this capitalism or it's communism or it's this ism or that ism or this ist or that ist or whatever it's like at the end of the day man it keeps going back to just human ego 
Yeah. And people are so afraid. They, you know, they, they, they want to be right and they want to be seen and they want to be admired and everything. And it's like, for me, um, you know, if you, I can accept if a person doesn't like me, but they respect me. Right. And vice versa. And I'm also, because like if they, if they respect me, they're not going to go out of their way to attack me and, you know, and like try to, like you were saying, like invade your circle and dominate by saying like, well, not only are you wrong, but you have to think the way that I think. And if you don't, well, then I'm just going to keep needling you until you finally what's, like, what's the point? Yeah. It, it's it's like, congratulations. What if I just accepted, you know, like, yeah. what was it like, uh, like Tom Segura did in his standup when he's talking about dealing with his mom where he just immediately would just agree with her. She would say like, I think this. And he's like, you know what? You're right. And then she's like, why are you doing this to me? You know, and he's just like, oh no, mom, you're totally right. Yeah, that's that's totally right. And then yeah. she just, and then she got upset, and she's like, you know, like she didn't like how she was being mind fucked. <laughs> but but Tom was just like, I don't care. Yeah. And I'm just doing this just to get you to like finally just go. Oh, okay, we both agree. But sometimes that's when you find out where the person really, where their intentions lie, is that. Someone will say, like, you know, I think this young generation of B-boys is whack. And you're like, yeah, I agree. And then they go, you want to know why? And it's just like... No, nope, not really, because no, I already really. agreed with you. Because I already agreed with you. You know, and then they're just like, Yo, well, you know, back in my... And you're like, yeah, yeah, okay. You know, you're you're right. And this, but, but then now at that point, they've kind of picked up on the fact that A, they're being obnoxious, and B, they feel like you're just kind of placating to them to shut them up. So they want to double down and go further. And, you know, and it's like, and I've, I've been out in like situations where, uh, where like I'd walk out to a circle, like a cypher of people talking and someone is holding court and I like listen for a few seconds. And if I'm listening to some horse shit, rather than stand there and like get into a big semantic uh, thing, I'll just be like, okay, I'm done. And I just walk away yeah, and that's it. That's me a hundred percent. And, and it's like, and sometimes it's funny, like sometimes you can sit there and you can listen but like listen for the sake of maybe they don't they're not aware but you're paying attention to the fact that they're just being foolish right they're t- they're just talking i mean it's just a trail of bullshit you know that that they're spewing out and you sit there and you listen to them and stuff it doesn't mean that you accept it it doesn't mean that you co-signed it or that you liked it or that you're like all right cool i want to subscribe to whatever it is you're doing you're just listening to them and then finally you walk away and someone says, hey, what was all that about? And it was like, oh, this Yahoo's over here talking about some fucking, you know, craziness or whatever. And they're like, oh, yeah, you know, the, the apocalypse and blah, blah, blah or whatever. And you're and, and you're like, but you stay there and you listen to that? You're like, yeah, I just, I just wanted For to inter- hear. Entertainment. Yeah, cause, because sometimes that that's like the funny, the fun and funny part is like when you actually do get to like go and 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 indulge some of the things that people get caught up in and indoctrinated in, you kind of laugh at it. You go, wow, like you actually believe that the earth is hollow and there's dinosaurs hiding in there and, (laughs) you know, or, you know, we're all in the matrix right now and stuff. And, you know, and it's like, it's, it's a nice thought to, to entertain, but in your, in your, like in your immediate existence, your nine to five job, all this other stuff, it's like, well, that's all fine and good, but I got to fucking go, you know, make money so I can pay my bills and I got to make sure that my, my dog is fed and, you know, make sure that my oil is changed. You got to take care of all your immediate responsibilities. So I, I think that, yeah, it's, it's really about finding that, that point of balance 
and being able to, you know, deal with these things. And then also like, same thing, like, um, I'll, I'll mention this. Uh, I'm not gonna, I'm not gonna put any names in it just out of respect for the situation. But there was a situation where, uh, somebody, uh, mistook something that I said and gave me the third rail without actually like understanding my logic and where I was coming from. And they just decided to just fucking go all in on me and and they don't know shit about me. Right. They just assume that they do because, you know, we travel in these kind of similar circles and I listened to like enough of like, I, I heard enough basically. And I was just like, you know what? Forget that I even asked. Never mind. And I was just like, boom, I'm done with it, right? And then like somebody else that's like a that's like part of the same circles, you know, stepped to me. And they were kind of like, "Whoa, what the fuck, bro?" And I was just like, "Yeah, but you know whatever." And and it was funny because if I would have let my ego uh rule in that situation, then I would have fired back. I would have played the game. I would have actually taken the bait and gotten caught up in this, you know, nonsensical discussion. But I just, I went back and I just, I reevaluated what, what this person was saying and why they were saying it to me. And I was just like, oh, this person is, you know, they kind of have a big fish in a small pond mentality and they got a bit of ego to them and they figure that they can just go ahead and dunk on me when they don't know me outside of our respective disciplines that we do and stuff. And, and I, and I just like, rather than being threatened by that or feeling I had to defend my position, I was just like, I just don't have to engage with you anymore. Mm -hmm. And, you know, and it was fine. Everything from since then, it's been cool. Like, you know, and if if, like someone says, what if you run into that person, you know, while you're out someplace, like, so fucking what? Yeah, who cares? You know, it's it's like, you know what? At the end of the day, they're not paying my bills. I'm not paying their bills. Yep. They are not a shot caller in my life, nor am I in theirs. So I don't fucking care. It's that simple. Right. It's that simple. So. You know, and, th- and that's just, you know, that's just like these things come, a lot of these things come with age and experience. Sometimes you can be 40, 50, 60 years old and still not get the memo. So you're still thinking the way that you were when you were, 20 or even 15 and you haven't escaped that mindset and that's a very dangerous place to be because that's how a lot of times people will go through and continue to like create the same kind of horse shit that they've always known in their lives and there's other people that you know you get to a place where you say oh i finally like looked down and realized i stepped in bullshit when i was 20 so i just decided to clean my shoes off really good and by the time i was 30 i was like all right cool now on to the next level and then 40 next level and you just keep thinking upwards mm-hmm. right yeah, that's one thing that's um, – I kind of want to just end it off from here. Yeah. But, like, that's one thing that I take into consideration, you know, especially with the new generation is, look, man, I probably fucked up just as much as they did. Just as much Absolutely. as I feel like the way I feel, see them, like, bitching about shit, mm-hmm. I was probably the same too. Yeah. Um, it's just that I didn't really have much of a platform mm-hmm. as they do today. So it's right. a lot easier to get your voice out today than right. it was back then and stuff. So, you know, I just – take it as a as an indication of growth yeah you know and and i hope that people grow out of it like i've grown out of a lot of fucking bullshit that i've done Mm -hmm. and um and yeah so i don't know i just 
one thing that I try to do nowadays is I just try to see the best in everyone. Yeah. And but and if I can't see it, then I'll try and be as respectful as I can. Yeah. Because th- that's the other, that's the other thing that we were not always recognizing is that on this rock that's hurling through infinity, we're all having an experience. You know that, it, and it's like so. N- nobody's experience is greater or lesser. It just is. And once you can appreciate that, you can be thankful for the things that you have, you know, strive for the things that maybe you don't, but not work really hard to try to cut down the people that are out there achieving these things, but kind of, you know, like, I want to know what you're doing right that maybe I'm missing out on so I can hopefully have something like that. And then simultaneously being impactful to other people that don't, right? Like you see those, the younger generation, and someone will come up to you and say, you know, hey, Ozzy, you know, how come you didn't, you know, get in on that, that thread about, you know, who fucking, you know, does this in-house and da-da-da-da-da. And you're like, because it's just, I don't have the bandwidth for it. I'm too busy training and dancing and DJing and working and doing my, my thing. And then someone goes, oh, you can do that? And you're like, yeah. And they um, go, shit, I want to do that too. <laughs> well, the th- another thing too is like, like at the end of the day, if someone's pulling all that bullshit, they must already have been convinced. Yeah. So what's the point of me trying to really, unless they're attacking me personally. Yeah. That's when I'll, I'll step in and be like, all right, you don't know who the fuck I am. Right. But if it's something in like general, like about house dancing and, you know, for example, that whole situation with Minnesota not having like good house dance or house music or whatever, and not just dancing house music. And it's kind of like whatever, you know, like, I'll be playful about it. Yeah. But the minute you say something about me personally, right. <laughs> like my ethnicity or whatever, yeah. then I'll, I'll step in and be right. like, all right, well, let me, let me show you what's up. Yeah. But I mean, if it's about general shit, man, I don't give a fuck. I mean, cause people, like I said, you know, people are going to believe whatever they want to believe. Yeah, They're already convinced the minute they started right. typing. And, and that's not, that's not a fact. You know, it's just a belief. It's just an idea that a person puts into kind of their their consciousness and they hold on to. A fact would be like if I was to say, like, okay, factually, you have always been a very upstanding person. And then, you know, somebody pulls your paperwork and they go, oh, yeah, that shit checks out. Okay, cool. Then great. Like my belief initially was like, oh, I always believe Ozzy's a good person. Um, And then somebody says, well, why? And then I give them, you know, bullet points, not not just like, oh, he's a nice guy and I trust him. It's like, oh, there was this one time when this happened and there was this time when that happened. And did you see that whole thing that happened at the jam? Did you notice how he was moving kind of behind the scenes and keeping the peace or doing this or doing that or not getting involved in that? These are the things and people go, oh, shit, I didn't even like notice any of that stuff. And you're like, yeah, because, again, we got to go back to balancing these things between you know facts and beliefs you know have a belief about something but also keep an open enough mind to where if someone presents you with the evidence you go oh okay i'm I'm convinced otherwise now i used to think it was this way based on my opinion my experiences my beliefs my biases um my maybe maybe my culture where i'm from language all these things have a factor to play and then somebody gives you some additional information and they kind of show you they, they they take apart the the whole thing and they show you how all of it works and you go oh okay okay i was thinking that it was just this mm-hmm. 
you know, we do that in jams all the time when people go like, oh, yeah, these fucking judges, they, they have it out against me and blah, blah, blah. And then one day they finally have to judge. And then they go, oh, I didn't, I didn't know that you yeah. had all these things. I mean, you realize <laughs> that, look, man, sometimes you just don't vibe with the way someone moves. Right. I remember I was one of those people, too. It was like the blueprint where I made to the semis. Mm-hmm. I was like, man, I think Samo just does fucking has something against me or something. Mm-hmm. And then I just... And then I really thought about him, like, oh, he just doesn't like the way I dance. Yeah. Plain and simple. And, th- and that's his job, is to... To judge. That's to why judge. He, that's why he was hired. <laughs> right. To judge for, for what he likes. Right. What he generally likes. Right. So, I can't be mad at that. I'd be like, well, and, and I signed up yeah. <laughs> at my own will yeah. to fucking get judged, so can't really be mad yeah, about that at all. You're, you're putting yourself willingly into a place of vulnerability. Because mm-hmm. you could have just sat on the sidelines and no one... Well, and it doesn't matter know. how hard you train. Nobody gives a fuck right. about how hard you train for that jam. Right. You know, like, do you feel? did you feel better after that training by yourself? Like, after going, putting your body and men, putting your mental and, and physical, like, into all that rigorous training, did yeah. you feel good or did you find any benefit after that? Yeah. Like, not even thinking about the the actual, like, grand prize. Right. If you felt good about that, then that should honestly be the only thing that matters. Yeah. Now, I get it. Winning, like, losing sucks. Mm-hmm. So it, like, I, I personally hate losing more than I like winning. Mm-hmm. But if I feel healthy after all that training, I'm, I'm, I'm fine. Right. Well, you know, again, because it's the um, it's about the process, not the the process the and results. the progress, not the the, the destination. Mm-hmm. And eventually, you're going to get to that point too. It's like, all right, congratulations, you got to the top of the mountain. Now you got to climb down this fucker and go and try to climb another mountain, some mm-hmm. other mountain. So realize there's always going to be something else. And when people right. get into that with like conversations with people and arguments and disagreements and whatnot, you know, it's like the same kind of thing. Don't don't think that, you know, just because you lost in this, maybe that person dunked on you or they presented more facts than you or they had, you know, the the mob on their side and they were all able to jump on top of you or whatever. It's just like, yeah, you know, that, that, was, that was a defeat of the moment, but learn from it. Mm-hmm. And once you learn from it, now the next time around you'll say, oh, okay, so now in this case I shouldn't shoot my mouth off the way that I did that last time because that, that really blew up in my face. Mm-hmm. You know, so, so anyways, but, but yeah, wrap it up. Let's wrap it up. Um, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Again, that was all over the fucking place, but yeah. guess what? Well, if you got a problem with it, don't listen. This is what the 63rd, I think episode 63rd, in? 63rd episode in. So if you haven't quite figured out how this shit goes, then I don't know. I don't know what to tell you, man. Yeah, you're, six 60, you're 63 episodes in. And if you're still shocked. I don't know. I don't know what to tell you. And if you're 63 episodes in and you like what you're hearing, then we're very thankful for you. We appreciate everybody who listens. And, uh, yeah. Yeah, give us a share. Give us a shout-out on uh, social media, um, Instagram preferably. For preferably. But, yeah, just give us a shout-out. That would be great. Yeah. You know, use our, use our hashtag. Our hashtag is Styles and Driss Pod. Um, and, yeah, you know, we appreciate it. So with that being said, thank you for tuning in to another episode of Styles and Driss. And we will talk to you soon. Peace and love and soul, everybody. Peace.
when you 